Thanks for checking out the archives for East Montgomery County News. Don't forget, we are live on Lone Star Community Radio every Monday at noon. Want more information? Call 936-828-6881. Hello, and welcome to EMC News at Lone Star Community Radio in downtown Conroe. It is high noon on Monday, March 27th, 2017. We are glad you're listening today. I have two guests today, uh, Christian Arnold of the Drug Court and Judge Patty McGinnis of the 435th District Court of Montgomery County talking to us today a little bit about uh, drug court and how that works. So listen in. But first, some news. The Splendora High School Career and Technology Department is looking for sponsors to help fund their tiny house giveaway. I personally think this is really exciting when I heard about this. So if if you haven't heard about it, you know, there's uh, a new trend uh, to downsize and build these tiny houses and live in them. So they are working on um, having the students build a tiny house to somebody in need in Splendora. So Adam Lira, who's the Splendora High School Career and Technology Education Director, and Reagan Blake, uh, who's the construction trade teacher, got together for the school board approval to build a tiny house to give away to a needy family in the Splendora ISD area. It's going to be 221 square feet. 221 square feet, let's slow down here, on a triple axle trailer. It's going to have a great room, a kitchen, a bathroom, and a sleeping loft. The project needs community sponsors to fund the $25,000 to make it in order to be able to give it away. So completion is scheduled for March 2018, one year from now, and the giveaway will be at Founders Day, May 2018 in Splendora. So if you want additional information about this, go to Splendora ISD CTE Department. I think that's exciting. I mean, what a worthwhile thing to be doing. Great project for the students. The Loop is this Wednesday, March 29th, put on by the Greater East Montgomery County Chamber at noon at Texan Drive Stadium. You can have lunch and learn about the business opportunities at Generation Park. It's free, but you have to RSVP right away. Speakers will also be Danny Signorelli with updates about Valley Ranch, which you know is the largest development in the greater Houston area in East Montgomery County. More about that coming up. And Bob Plorney of Generation Park. Again, it's a free lunch for the first 100 guests. Shred It Day is this coming Saturday. And I know we're getting items ready from at my house. It, all of the big items that you want to get shredded uh, any of old tax information. I'm not really sure how long you keep tax information. I'm going to say 10 years or so, something like that. But any of the personal information you have, business information, uh, file folders, any cardboard material that you want uh, taken care of, you, you need to remove the staples and the paper clips and the rubber bands and that. But you can take it to the MSED complex this Saturday from 8 to 2 to have it shredded. So think about doing that and plan for it. April 3rd, which is next Monday, is Concerned Citizens Monthly Meeting at 7.30 at the library off of 59. You can hear from Constable Rowdy's office, Commissioner Jim Clark's office, the local fire departments, and M said with the new developments going on. And that is every, um, that's a monthly meeting and that's the first Monday of every month. 
The monthly luncheon at the Greater East Montgomery County Chamber is Wednesday, April 5th from 1130 to 1. And they also do this the first Wednesday of every month. You can register now on their website to hear Dr. Darren Rankin, Vice President of Lone Star College of Kingwood. April 3rd, which is next Monday, Hobby Lobby will have their ribbon cutting and grand opening at Valley Ranch at 9 a.m. So exciting stuff. Hobby Lobby is opening out there, and so is Kroger. Kroger will have their grand opening on Wednesday, April 5th at 9 a.m. And it's going to be 123,000 square feet. So you've got Hobby Lobby and Kroger both opening, and we already know Academy and Sam's is open over there. So that is, there's a lot of stuff going on, and they're getting ready to put in this uh, huge pavilion amphitheater. And that's where they're going to have their um, big celebration, May 12th and 13th, Rock the Ranch Music Festival. The amphitheater will hold 12,000 people. Now, that is larger than the Woodlands Pavilion. So if you don't know that there's stuff going on in East Montgomery County, you need to take a trip out there. It's where 99 starts at 59 and goes clear beyond 45. So other exciting things that are going on. The Sawmill Committee meeting will be Thursday, April 6th at 9 a.m. Again, this is a monthly meeting, and it's the first Thursday of every month at 9 a.m., and then more often as it gets closer to November when the event will take place. This is the largest event the Chamber sponsors, so get involved because they need you to make it successful. Grand Prix Speed Sports. Now, you probably know that Speed Sports is already open. They opened up right after Christmas, and they are located at 242 and Highway 59, where the Big Amusement Park is getting ready to start building as well. Now, Grand Prix is Friday, April 7th with the Greater East Montgomery Chamber, and there will be lots of races starting at 1 p.m., 20 teams, and you can go to the Greater East Montgomery County Chamber website to find out more, and they are open for kart racing now in the evenings on Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays, so go check it out. They have two tracks, and they go about 60 miles an hour on the ground. Something exciting to do if you haven't done that and gotten that off your bucket list. New Caney ISD will have their night at the ballpark April 7th at 7.10 p.m. at Minute Maid Park with the Houston Astros playing the Kansas City Royals. Tickets will benefit the New Caney ISD Education Foundation. More information available at the newcaneyisd.org website. April 8th. Now, this is a big deal. It's going to be a free car seat event being held in a collaboration with the Sheriff's Office and Montgomery County Hospital District. You have to make an appointment, so you can go to the Montgomery County Hospital District website or call 832-919-7233. And you may remember a couple of weeks ago, we had Ashton Herring on here talking about this big car seat event. So again, that's April 8th, and you need to make an appointment for that. Uh, a few other upcoming calendar dates to remember. We mentioned the uh, um, May 12th and 13th is Rock the Ranch at Valley Ranch, and they are going to have a barbecue cook-off, freestyle, motocross, street performers, camping, and two nights of headliner performances in the 12,000-capacity amphitheater. And I know that uh, they have someone you all may know and have heard of. Sundance has now just agreed to be there. So another fun and exciting music festival is May 5th through 7th in downtown Conroe. It's the Conroe Americana Music Festival. 
and tickets are going fast. It is confirmed to have over 50 bands, six venues, three days, May 5, 6, 7th. There will be bands including Billy, Ro- Billy Joe Shaver, Ruthie Foster, Carolyn Wonderland, Uncle Lucius, Band of Heathens, Hard Luck Revival, Shelly Coley, Jake Ward, Bart Crow, The Mastersons, and about 40 additional bands. You can go to ConroeAmericanaMusicFestival.com to find out more about that. And the last thing I wanted to tell you is that you can listen to live music every Friday and Saturday evening at Cole's Smokehouse. Even Sundance has been known to show up arbitrarily and just play on a Friday night. Crawfish starts at 5 p.m. Friday and all day Saturday, located at Old Highway 59 in Splendora. So we will be right back on EMC News. I am your host, Margie Taylor. And we will start with our guest from Drug Court right back in just a moment. Have something you want to share about New Caney, Porter, or Splendora? Contact us on Facebook at EMC News. Hello, we are back on EMC News. I'm Margie Taylor, your host. And of course, we are in downtown Conroe, and this is available on FM 104.5 and 106.1. Or you can watch us live right now on IRLoneStar.com. There will be a podcast of this show available in various places, including SoundCloud, YouTube, LinkedIn, and three different Facebook pages, and wherever my guests decide to put it. Who knows? So uh, with me today is uh, District Court Judge Patty McGinnis of the 435th and Christian Arnold. She's the director of the Drug Court. Welcome, ladies. Thank you for having us. This is fun exciting. I can't really see what the weather's like because the blinds aren't open, but I know it's sunny and I know it's not raining and it should be a beautiful day today. So uh, I'm excited to have you guys here and find out more about drug court. So tell me a little bit about your position, uh, Patty, and what you do. I'm the presiding judge of the 435th District Court here in Montgomery County. And I handle mainly felony criminal cases. Uh, But one of my duties during presiding over that particular court is that I'm also assigned as the presiding judge for drug court. Uh, I share that responsibility with another judge. Uh, Recently, Judge Grant has um, volunteered and come into the fold. I like how you said kindly volunteered. Yes, he kindly (laughs) volunteered. And uh, we, our drug court numbers, we've grown and we were running around 170 participants. And so now Judge Grant also presides over drug court and we split that, that population up by age. Interesting. And uh, Christian, what is your role? I'm the director of the Montgomery County Drug Court, the CARE program, the Court Assisted Rehabilitation Experience. And I've um, been in that position and worked for drug court um, since 1999. And is that when the program original originally started? Was in 1999. Yes, um, the program um, started in 1999. It was um, an implementation grant that was rec- um, Montgomery County received from the Department of Justice, um, Judge Ellen Underwood, and a group of other attorneys um, in the district attorney's office at that time applied, and um, Montgomery County was awarded that grant. So, from what I understand, um, there aren't that many drug courts 
in the United States? Well, drug courts have grown tremendously, but in 1999, we were the fourth drug court in the state of Texas. Now, um, any county in the state of Texas that has over 200,000 population is um, mandated to have a drug court. Wow. And you have how many people in the drug court normally? I mean, do you have a limitation of how many people you can accept? Well, around um, about 175 is the good number to have, mm -hmm. um, where we don't have to worry about um, necessarily not being able to meet their needs. But at this point, we're, we're doing well. Our numbers have grown tremendously, and um, hopefully dividing up the courts will help with that. Currently, we have approximately 143 participants. Mm-hmm. And um, as I was saying earlier, Judge Grant and I, we've split that uh, and we've based it on in the 435th, our drug court, we handle uh, participants all the way through the age of 30. 30. And Judge Grant has over 30. Oh, and I didn't so, know that older people were in the drug court. <laughs> yes, uh, we have approximately right now participants over the age of 41 we have approximately 27 wow yeah and 31 to 40 age group we have approximately 38 participants so you know drugs don't really discriminate absolutely right so are you seeing um an increase in drug use or people wanting needing to come into this program or a decrease is this helping what, what is your idea of that? I don't know that the program has seen an increase in, uh, it's definitely an increase in the number of participants over the years. Yeah. But that really could be due more to... Um, Awareness? That or just uh, the ability, you know, that we have it available. We have this program available. So it's a good resource. And more people are applying. Right, right, right. It is a good resource, and I'm glad you're on here to tell us more about it. So... Um, you deal with the younger people. What, what age does, is the minimum, or is there? It's, you have to be, at, for to be in the drug court and to be in a felony criminal court, you have to be at least 17. So, as an adult? As an adult, correct. So I'm, okay. uh, most of my population is, uh, you know, under 30. Well, all of them are under 30. And I would say between 17 and 18-year-olds right now, we're running, and these are, uh, Miss Arnold, you know, did the calculations, got our current numbers. 17 to 18 year olds, we have approximately five participants. And then really our big, our big chunk of uh, numbers, age 22 to 30, 65 participants. Wow. So the late teens, early 20s, it's a dense population. So Christian, um, how does someone apply or become eligible to drug court? How does that work? You have to be arrested for a felony offense and it, you cannot have any history of any um, criminal, uh, excuse me, sexual or um, violent offenses, and, um, a state jail or a third degree felony, and you cannot currently be on parole. So um, that narrows the criteria quite a bit. And then also, we also uh, get a lot of referrals from the probation department. If someone is on community supervision and they fail drug test, um, instead of automatically um, filing a motion to revoke, they will um, go to the judge and ask that they be screened for the program to see if they're eligible for the program. Okay. So how long is the program? It's a minimum of a year. I would say the average time is about 18 to 25 months. And what, what are the requirements? 
Well, you have to have um, transportation to be able to get to Conroe. We drug test um, seven days a week. Um, you can't have to drug test. Seven days a week? Yes, ma'am. Wow. They have to go in there every single day. Well, th at some points they could. So is it random? It's random. Okay. The first two phases, they're required to drug test on um, mandatory days. Then you have to come to court once a week in the beginning of the program. And then the further you get in the program, the less you come to court. You have outpatient counseling. Um, you come to our office to see um, one of the diversion officers. And then we also um, offer a class in our office called um, Moral Reconnation Therapy, MRT, and that's a cognitive rethinking class. And um, Wow. Sounds you, very thorough. And then the fees are $143 a month, and so you have to have the resources to be able to pay for those fees. In that $143, that is including all of your drug tests and all of your counseling, and we also do offer individual and family counseling as well. So what kind of results are you seeing from this? We have, uh, <coughs> Montgomery County, we have a less than a 7% recidivism rate, so which That's is great. Cute. Yes. And, um, you know, it's not for everybody. Um, sometimes I think that we want it more than the participant does, but we're not going to give up. We're going to keep working at it. And, and sometimes it takes that for them to realize, I can do this. A lot of times they've never had anybody proud of them, congratulate them, encourage them. So it's positive reinforcement. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's very good. Because sometimes people get caught up in things that they probably shouldn't have. Well, they know that they did the wrong thing, and they want to make amends and go forward in their life. So mm -hmm. this gives them that. So how does that work with them having a uh, felony indictment? I mean, is that uh, it, is it still on their record or what when they go to drug court? It depends on how they get into the program. So uh, the district attorney's office, um, has a uh, assistant district attorney who is the drug court prosecutor. Uh, that's Mike Shirley. And so Mike Shirley receives an application for a participant to come into drug court, and he screens that application. And this is usually after the diversion officers have looked at it, okay? So they've said, yes, this person meets the, he has a need or she has a need, and they meet the qualifications. So then the district attorney's office looks at it and they screen that participant uh, to see if they're eligible. So if they are offered a pretrial diversion to go into drug court, then they do everything they're supposed to while they're in drug court. They've entered a plea to the charge. They go through the program. If they graduate successfully, then that pretrial diversion that case is basically dismissed as though it okay. never happened. Okay. However, that's not how, you know, some people get into drug court. They might already, like Ms. Arnold was saying, they might already be on probation and they're failing some drug tests mm -hmm. and they just need a little more. They need maybe uh, more uh, encouragement or they need more checks and balances while they're going through recovery. And so they might, their probation by their original judge might be amended and they'll be placed into drug court as an extra condition to their probation. Right. So right. for those folks, if they're on a, uh, what we would refer to as a straight probation, they'll still have their conviction. Right. Because they're uh, already been convicted and that's correct. just part of what they're supposed to do. They're correct. planned. Okay. That's interesting. So you see all the people that are younger that are in the drug court, they come in your court. What do, you, what do you hear them? What do you hear? Do you hear how, where they're at in the program? How yes. often do you see them? How does that work? 
we have drug court every Wednesday afternoon. And uh, some of the participants, like Ms. Arnold was saying earlier, may come every week to court. And then as they progress through the program, they might come every two weeks or once a month to check in at that court system. And, you know, I get an opportunity at that drug court session. Um, I, I don't wear a robe. I don't sit at the bench. Oh, so it's informal, informal. Uh, I it's I would say it is it's informal. Do they call you judge? They do call <laughs> they do call me judge. I have you know some have slipped at times and been like uh, Miss Patty, um, and that's okay. Yeah, I'm a former right. high school teacher, so that's not really that unusual to me. And you know, and I'm in the well of the courtroom, and the participant actually comes up, and we meet, you know, face to face. And a lot of times, I'll shake their hand or pat on the shoulder. Uh, and we just have a conversation and we talk about, you know, how things are going. Um, if they've relapsed, then my goal there is that they uh, be able to talk about that in front of the other participants, the 15 or 20 other participants that are present. Um, you know, sometimes there's a lot of shame and there's a lot of guilt with use. And, you know, they might say, yeah, I, yeah, you know, and they'll whisper, yeah, I had a positive. And I'm like, you know, loud and proud. I mean, you're in a room with a bunch of other folks. So they're in the peers, same boat. Other peers where they can so, learn and grow. Right. And okay. I, you know, I want them to share. I want you any for anything to be successful, for a person to be successful in this program, in my opinion, is there has to be community. And they have to know they're not alone. They're going through something that the other twenty folks are going through as well. Mm-hmm. And they need to be able to rely on each other for support. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I see the drug court sessions. Um, it is, it's a time of community and a time of sharing. And, hey, we're all in this boat together, and, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to get to well, the other side. And the neat thing is you both are passionate about this. You, you want to make a difference because I can see it in you. And you have uh, been involved in it, Christian, since 1999. Yes, ma'am. So you've been doing this for a long time. Right. Have, have you seen things change over the years? Over the years, you see um, different drugs go, you know, drug use in one area go up and go down. Um, right now, we're seeing a lot of um, opiate usage, especially with young people, mm. um, heroin. And, you know, wow, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, that, that's really um, huh. that's scary. It is scary. And that's a, know, that's the a hard, hard stuff. That's a hard drug to just What about you know, meth? Quit. Um, meth, I mean, meth's always around. Um, it's easy and it's cheap. Correct, yeah. correct. Mm-hmm. So, and then, I mean, you also see a lot of prescription drug abusers mm-hmm. um, that like to doctor shop. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we try to be on top of that. And, um, and then you also have some that, you know, they quit using drugs, but go into drinking alcohol i mean you can't use any alcohol or drugs while you're in drug court so um and so that's does different. the does the alcohol play a part in this or is it just the drugs or do you assume it's kind of both or how does that work typically they go hand in hand okay a lot of times um an individual will not use drugs and then they'll start drinking well then after they get under the influence of alcohol then they go to drugs so you have to cut out everything and, and that's hard because some of these people have never been sober since the time they were you know, 11, 12, yeah. 13 years old. So uh, does drug court only, does it have to be just a drug or could it be like a alcohol conviction? Well, we have a program, um, the Montgomery County DWI Court, which is for felony DWI Okay, I didn't know that. Wow. That Judge mm-hmm. Hamilton um, is oh, the okay. uh, presiding judge over DWI Court. Mm-hmm. And that's for um, 
so that's for the more DWIs or okay. to be arrested for a DWI with a child under the age of 15 in the vehicle. Huh. Yeah, we have we have a multitude of problem solving courts in the county. We're fortunate uh, because the majority of our criminal judges are involved. Judge Hamilton handles mm -hmm. DWI court. Judge Mychalk, uh, along with Judge Turner, they deal with uh, mental health court. And then we also have veterans court. And that's and fairly that's new Judge Hamilton, too, isn't it? And yes. that is. So we, we are fortunate because <clears throat> we are, we have the resources available to actually help people. So tell me about problem solving courts. In general, they came about because I, I believe we, we took a look at incarcerating folks uh, that weren't necessarily violent offenders. And their, whatever their crime uh, was, kind of you could link it back to some type of uh, drug, alcohol. Uh, now we're looking at mental health. Um, we, we saw their crime was tied closely to these other and I don't, I don't want to use the word defects, these other um, kind of situational uh, things, whether it was drug use or traumatic stress. Maybe they were somehow related. Mental health, okay. brain injury, mm -hmm. uh, somehow related. And it just made more sense uh, economically um, to not house these people in jail uh, just so they'd be released and continue to reoffend it made more sense to treat the issue, to treat the problem that got them there to begin with. And that's Sounds how, like something a teacher would do. Well, that's how they, <laughs> that's, how, you know, I'm not sure who yes. the original people are that are responsible. That's I'm smart. thankful to them yes. for bringing problem, problem solving courts to uh, the state. But, you know, they definitely work and the proof is there. It, it, they're shown to work. Do well, they I work in all cases? No, like Ms. Arnold was saying earlier, but yeah. You know, but it's there for you to use and use the resources yeah. to make your life better if you so right. choose to do that. If you treat the issue and people quit offending, uh, then doesn't the community win? And doesn't the offender win? Doesn't Absolutely. everybody win? Right. So. Well, I think this is really interesting. Well, we're going to come back. We're going to take a little break. And this is EMC News. I'm Margie Taylor. And today my guests are Judge... Patty McGinnis of the 435th District Court and Kristen Arnold, she's the director of the Drug Court, and we will be right back. Stay tuned to the EMC News Hour with your host, Margie Taylor. We are looking for sponsors. You want to be a partner with East Montgomery County News? Visit us at IRLoneStar.com/EMCN. Stay tuned to the EMC News Hour with your host, Margie Taylor. Hello, and we are back. I am Margie Taylor, your host for EMC News, and I am here today on this wonderful Monday, March 27th, with Kristen Arnold, Director of the Drug Court, and Judge Patty McGinnis of the 435th District Court. So, uh, we're talking about how you get in drug court and how um, it's from what did you say 18 to 25 months on the average people are involved in drug court yes ma'am and they have to be at least uh, 17 years old and then on up so uh, I mean you don't want to try to get into drug court unless you have an offense I'm just saying right. <laughs> you know unless right. you have a felony offense but there's a lot of good things that they do um, you know, it, it's stopping people, reconditioning them to not do the drugs, either through counseling, well, with counseling, 
and uh, change their cognitive thinking. You called that an MRT yes, program, is that correct? And you also have to be drug tested. You're made accountable. And then, of course, you have to go to court and see the judge here. And she sits with you and uh, you have a conversation in front of your peers, mind you. And you talk about where you are in meeting your conditions so that you can move forward in life. Is that correct? Am That's I correct right. on all these things? That's okay. Right. Yes. So I'm, I'm trying to actively listen and take notes while y'all are talking. So tell me, what is the CARE program? It's a court-assisted rehabilitation experience. It's for felony alcohol and drug offenders. And essentially what it is is it's an outpatient rehabilitation program. Um, a lot of the people that are in the drug court have already been to prison. This is an alternative to prison, and it gives them the opportunity to live at home, be successful tax-paying citizens, and um, we require that they get a job as they get further in the program. Sounds um, great. Oftentimes they haven't been an active parent or a husband or a wife or a sister or a, br a brother, a friend or a neighbor. And um, they have to realize how to live day-to-day -day, um, sober. Mm -hmm. And uh, many of them haven't done that in years and years. Um, we go over how to apply for job applications. We cre can create a resume. So you're working to make them successful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I tell people all the time, the hardest part of my job is um, getting the participant to fit back into society. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes, people that ha um, have addiction problems, they believe that they're the only ones that have problems. And everybody has problems. Mm -hmm. um, it's just how you handle Judge them. Judge yeah. Sure, I myself, do. Everybody, everybody does. And to make them realize that that's, that's life. There's other right. coping skills you can Correct. develop. Correct. That is something that comes up in, when we have drug court sessions on Wednesday uh, you'll have a participant come up and maybe they've missed um, a drug test. They didn't show up for their drug test or they haven't uh, been to group. They haven't actually fulfilled one of the conditions. And, it, and we kind of will say to them, or I usually say to them, so, so what you're telling me is life got in the way. And, and that's, I think that's one of the obstacles. And when you have a person and they go through this 18-month program or this 25-month program, and then they are released, they graduate, and there they are just doing that life thing, mm -hmm. but they don't have checks and balances anymore. They don't have to call in and take a drug test. Mm -hmm. They don't have to check in with a diversion officer. And, and sometimes you'll see them stumble at that point because they don't have that structure anymore. And so the goal is to, to you want to get them in that habit of um, participating within the structure. You know, mm -hmm. so you're taking one habit and trying to get rid of it, but making them still be habitual in the sense of their structure and, and living life. So the and, care program is like a continuity from the drug court, so to speak. It's like the next step or is it well, the composed care program is in just it? The, uh, it's just the abbreviation. Right. Court assisted rehabilitation experience. Right. For the whole experience. For the whole okay. experience. Okay. So you yes. are working with them while they're in the drug court to stay at home, get a job, be successful, work with their family, coping skills, all right. of these different things. Correct. Treating the whole person. The whole thing. Holistically. Right. Yes. Okay. So yes. do they need to do community service? Are they involved in the community at all when they're doing these things? I know sometimes community service is a part of that. Is it not so much? With we, these programs? We use community service in drug court on occasion, um, somewhat like a sanction. 
Um, so if you're not fulfilling your conditions of drug court, uh, you know, you you could come upon different sanctions, which okay. could be jail therapy, could be community <laughs> service. Jail therapy. <laughs> uh, could be someone I've had participants who kind of gotten off track and they've come and just sat in the courtroom all day with okay. me uh, while we have a, a, a traditional docket, criminal mm -hmm. docket, and I've had them just sit and watch, you know, and they'll watch offenders, they'll watch plea bargains happen, they'll watch people being sentenced to prison for 25 years. Um, and that's just so someone can sit there and go, oh, wait a minute, that person's going to prison. I, all I have to do is be a productive citizen and go take my drug test and not use wow and pay my fees and go to my counseling and go to work and i don't go to prison so it's I mean, very eye-opening and they're like living it and seeing what all this stuff is really happening yeah so they can put themselves in that spot and go okay step back right <laughs> get so back in we do uh, community service we do sometime as well for okay. the same but it's not concept. required it's like you said one of the sanctions and depending on where it's where they are. So this sounds like this whole program is very personal to them. I like to word, use the word tailored, just saying. But so it is tailored <laughs> I to them. Why. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But hey, it works. So <laughs> Also in the beginning, I mean, they're required to do a lot. They, they've yes. had no structure in their life. Mm -hmm. And so you have they have to drug test five days a week. Mm -hmm. um, you go to counseling and um, they have to do five groups a week. Now, groups are very intense different days of the week or you can do multiple groups on different days plus in addition to that you have court and you have to come in and do an office visit when, with one so are of the they working officers. when they're having to go through all this are they, they trying to maintain a job if while they, they're if they have doing a job the many things get, if they have a job when they get in the program then we don't encourage them to quit the job but if no. they don't have a job we usually recommend they start looking for a job about four to six weeks into the program because okay. Idle time is not good time. Right. They right. need to be busy because when they're just sitting at home staring at the walls. Yeah, we don't want And that. those old friends are coming around or sure. old acquaintances. And um, that's when. They um, haven't learned to say no yet. Correct. Correct. Mm -hmm. But many of them are working when they get into the program. And it, uh, I mean, they don't have enough hours in the day to get everything done. Well, that's what yeah, I'm I mean, wondering. you hear it from them. Because I mean, if you're working a full-time job, and sometimes full-time is beyond full-time. Right. And uh, then you're going to get drug tested, which takes time away that you have to go down there and do that. And I don't know the mm -hmm. hours that it's open to do that, but I'm assuming daytime hours. They're open from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday okay. and Saturdays and Sundays from 8 a.m. to 11. So it's within working hours mostly. Right. And then you also have to go do all these other things and meet with people. So I can see where it could be challenging, but it, it works if you want it to work. It works if you want it to work. And, and we tell the participants that... This is the time that you have to be selfish. Right now, it, it is about you and recovery, and that's it. You don't have time for any of your other little activities. You have to. <laughs> this, you have this to. This is it. You have to give Devote it your yourself. your time and attention, or or it won't. Right. And it, it won't work. It's only to help them anyway, and they need mm -hmm. to see that internally that it's going to make a huge difference to them, their families, and all of that. Mm -hmm. So. Um, this is only for first-time offenders. You mentioned something. No, Margie, no. it's not for just first-time offenders. Um, it can be for, you can be arrested multiple times. A lot of times um, this program wasn't offered to someone before, oh. um, especially if they were arrested um, out of Montgomery County. You have to have been arrested on the charge that you're in drug court for in Montgomery County. But um, quite a few offenders have already been to prison. 
So it's not for just mm -hmm. first-time offenders. Okay. But it can't be if you have a misdemeanor. It has to be a felony charge. To, to qualify for the drug court in Montgomery right. County, it has to be a felony. Hmm. Yes. Um, so you also had a point on here about trial courts. Tell me about that. What did, did you want to talk about trial courts? No? Trial courts. I don't uh, know. Does that pertain? Uh, <laughs> I don't the even fourth know. Court is a trial court. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't no. know. I guess I got off track there somehow, somewhere. So what have I not talked about with drug court? Well, I do want to say that not everybody that is in drug court lives in Montgomery County. Oh. So um, that is um, huge. So, so they have don't some, have to live in Montgomery County? No, they have to have the resources to be able to get to Montgomery County to do the drug testing in the groups and come to court. And so a lot of times we talk about in court if someone's missed a group or missed a drug mm -hmm. test. And, oh, I couldn't get there. But we have people that live. We have somebody that lives in Bryan College Station. We have people mm -hmm. that live um, on the other side of Houston. Um, we've had a participant that drove, drove from Beaumont to do this. So it can be done. It's just what your commitment is. Which that would put a lot of pressure on you if you don't live locally. But they have to have a, they have to have a felony charge in Montgomery County. Yes, ma'am. Correct? They have to have been arrested right. here. Yes. Okay. okay. But they don't have to reside here. Hmm. Um, you know. And we do also encourage people that if they don't have a um, high school diploma, um, we encourage them to um, – get a GED and we recognize if they get their GED if they get a certificate and they take a welding class or some other mm -hmm. type of class mm -hmm. or um, we have some people that are in college um, we recognize any type of accomplishment yeah so it's all that positive reinforcement absolutely they almost become an, a, a <coughs> part of your family per se yeah well, you spend a lot of time with them and you really care about what you're doing Sometimes I want to we emphasize know them that better again. than we know our own family. Yeah, you really, you really get to know about them, about their life, and you know, Kristen and I will laugh on occasion because it might be uh, ten o'clock on a Wednesday night, and I'll get a text from Kristen, and it'll be about a participant, and they have either maybe they've reached out to her to say, "Oh my gosh, you're not going to believe I, you know, my boss tonight told me what a great job I'm doing. I'm going to get a raise." And, and she might tell me that in the evening and because she knows that's important that and I want to know. Yeah, absolutely. Or it might be something, it might be something not so positive, mm -hmm. you know, um, just maybe. This, just this morning I got a, a text message. Someone was at the hospital waiting to have a baby. I mean, so we, we get we get the, the great news and sometimes not the great so new. Uh, the life stuff. Great. Right. And then I also want to say that um, Judge McGinnis and I um, are very involved, but there's also three other ladies in my office, um, Laurie Smith and Debbie Blaylock and Courtney Lale. Mm -hmm. um, they work very hard. Um, and then um, the treatment providers that we use are the Mental Health Resource Center here in Conroe. And they also have an office in um, the New Caney area. And then we have the Counseling Center of Montgomery County, too. And they have an office here in Conroe. So it's a, it's a complete team approach. You have the drug court diversion mm -hmm. officers. You have Ms. Arnold. You have the uh, actual counselors mm -hmm. from the Mental Health Resource Center. And then we have Mr. Shirley from the DA's office. Uh, and Davis Investigations is who does all of our drug testing, which and is so right around the corner from our office. When we have drug court every week, we actually have a staffing before drug court. And it's the whole team. And they come in, and we all kind of talk about how the participants are doing on an individual basis. I mean, they're all uh, mentioned. We talk about them, what's going on, and, you know, what what's going on in John's life. Well, John's getting ready to have a baby, and John just lost his job. And, hey, John's looking kind of shaky right now. 
And so then we know maybe John needs some extra attention right now, whether it's counseling, mm-hmm. whether it's drug testing, but everybody kind of has them, has John on the radar, you know, uh, to be watching because it's a hands-on approach. It's a total hands-on approach. And uh, I think that yeah, that's where that more that community building comes mm-hmm. in. If you, if, if we want these folks to go out into the community and live uh, in the community, uh, you know, as productive citizens, then we have to we have to create this community for them now, and let them start depending on each other because that's right. what's going to happen later. You know, it's it's a really it's, it's a, a great, great it's great a really coach. it's yeah. a great program. Um, I'm really I'm thrilled with Judge Grant wanting to be a part of it because I think he he gets it now as well. You know, he's recently um, had his drug court on a Thursday and then. Uh, showed up at Miss Arnold's door uh, later, like, you know, I, I was rethinking this, and I, I think <laughs> I want to do this. I might want to do it different, because you do. You take it home with you that evening. I mean, after yeah. your drug court, you go home, and some of the stories are great, some of the stories are heartbreaking, mm-hmm. you know. And I look at some. I mean, my the youngsters that I have, I look at some of them, and you know, I can say, great job, you passed every drug test this week, man, you are just rocking it. And you can see it on their face, like, oh, my gosh. You know, I've done, like, I've accomplished something. And maybe they have never heard that, that they are good, that they participate, that they're a part of a community. Yes. They're part, they make a difference. It's a huge. so when you give them that uh, positive feedback and affirmation continually with each baby step they take, Mm -hmm. and then tell them when they do wrong, well, let's see what we can do to get beyond this, Mm -hmm. it really changes their mindset and helps them focus on making themselves a better person and everything goes from that. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that everything you're doing, this is a volunteer effort. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, you no, and uh, Judge Bill Grant? Judge Grant and I, along with uh, Judge Hamilton in Veterans mm-hmm. Court and DWI Court, it is, it's a, um, we're not compensated. Uh, it's just something you want to do and means. get involved in. Uh, you know, they need judges to do, to preside over these particular specialty courts. And when I was asked, I was thrilled um, uh, with Miss Arnold. I was thrilled to do it. It's been quite an undertaking, but I can tell you it's probably out of, uh, you know, every week I look forward to drug court. Um, it's just a different, it's so different than traditional court. And uh, it's a real, there's a real connection uh, with people and the team, this team approach, and you really are, you're trying to uh, help this person change their behavior. It's personal. It is. It's, it's personal. It's, it's personal. not like anything else where you it's have just, to have hands off and you just read the law and so on. You mm-hmm. really try to help them and you change things up depending on the person and how they're reaching their goals, right? Right. right. So I, I think that's amazing. We're going to take another break real quick and we'll be right back for the rest of our show. I'm Margie Taylor. And this is EMC News, and uh, we look forward to hearing more about drug court. Thank you. We are recording from One Star Community Radio in downtown Conroe with East Montgomery County News. All the information you want to know as a resident or a business. Hello, I'm Margie Taylor, your host for EMC News on this Monday afternoon, March 27th, 2017. And like we said earlier, there will be a podcast of the show available by uh, tomorrow afternoon, and you will see it on Facebook. Uh, you will see it on IRLoneStar.com forward slash EMCN. 
and uh, maybe a few other places, depending on where I put it or where my guests put it. And if you would like to be a guest on the show or sponsor the show, send me a message via Facebook on EMC News or send an email to Margie at TaylorizePR.com. I forgot to mention that we were supposed to have Judge Bill Grant on the show today, too. And I wasn't ignoring it. I forgot to mention that he has the flu and was not able to join us today. But he is your partner in this um, drug court as well. And he presides over drug court as well. He works with the adults that are over 30 and you take everybody 30 and under. Correct. 17 to 30. Correct. That you handle. And he uses the same approach, very personal, uh, caters it tailors it to them and where they are in meeting their goals and works again with you, um, Miss Arnold, to with the drug court and making sure that they meet all their uh, levels of expectation for the drug court. Correct. And we know you're listening, Judge Grant, so we hope you feel better. <laughs> he can he can come back on another time. And t- in fact, he could come on next week if he'd like to. If he's so back. If, we'll if see. he's back. Hopefully he won't have the flu that long. And if he's available, that would be great. So... Uh, a few things we want to mention is how to connect with you. So how would somebody, if they want to get involved in the drug court, how do they get in touch with you? There's several, several different ways. You can go to the Montgomery County website. That is www.mctx.org and go to Departments Drug Court and you can look there. You can also contact our office at 936 538 8107 or 936 538 8113. We also have a Facebook page. The Facebook page is Montgomery County DWI and Drug Court. Um, you can get information on all, all of those, all those different all locations. those different ways. Yes, ma'am. So uh, you also have a graduation coming up. Tell me about that. We have graduations at the beginning of uh, each month, and the participants who have successfully completed everything that they're supposed to uh, will be eligible for graduation. They have to submit a graduation packet, and I'll let Ms. Arnold speak more about that, uh, what, the, what the, the requirements are with the packet. We have them um, fill out a packet about two weeks prior to graduation. It has um, a different, different questions about um, if they could be contacted after they graduate, family members that um, we could contact, um, kind of their thoughts, the pros and cons, what they like, dislike. And, and we encourage them, tell us what you really think. Feedback. We don't want to yeah. know. We don't want you to sugarcoat it. Um, we need to know what can be done better, what you know, what needs mm-hmm. to be changed. Um, and then the very last thing they um, fill out is, is, what have you gained from the program? And that's their opportunity to tell us um, where they've come from and where they are today. Um, we take a picture of them, um, when uh, the participant, when they bring the packet. And then we also have a, um, their mugshot. And so um, the judge will display them up on um, the TV and the courtroom. And it's, it's phenomenal yeah. to see the they difference cry? in the two. Sometimes. <laughs> we, have a, we, have a, we have the graduation uh, ceremony, if you will. And like Miss Arnold saying, we have their their present day picture and then their bookend photo or their mugshot. Um, you know, you, you can always see the reaction on their face and their family's face to see the difference. Some of oh, them yeah. are really the big uh, transformation, big contrast in, in some right. of them. And then in the packet where they write that last, uh, I guess, summation that they write about what they gained from the program. I usually take that and have it scanned in and it's displayed for the whole group and the family. And I try to take some, 
an excerpt of that that spoke to me for whatever reason, and then I asked them to kind of expand on it a little bit. They are allowed to invite their family, friends, anyone they would like, and they actually come up to the front with them in the courtroom. Uh, I think, you know. Very compelling, sounds like. It is. Um, And we're looking at trying to get some cap and gowns, um, hopefully, here in the future. But you'll have family members there, and they'll be like, you know, I have my son back or I have my daughter back, or I have my wife back. It's just back. exciting. And when they um, graduate, they receive a certificate, and they receive a keychain. Um, and so that's huge. A lot of times we will get um, a picture of their certificate on the wall in their house. Yeah. I, I think it's exciting. And uh, so we can find out more about drug court and the future of drug court by going to the Facebook probably. So I appreciate you guys both coming on the show today. Thank you very much. And again, I'm Margie Taylor with EMC News. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will hear from uh, Court 2 Judge Claudia Laird about guardianship and probate. And if Judge Bill Grant would like to be on the show, he is welcome to. I'm saying that out loud. So (laughs) thank you very much. And we will talk again next Monday. Thanks for checking out this recording from Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station broadcasted live from Conroe, Texas on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. Interested in sponsoring this show, being a guest, hosting your own show? Then please visit us online at IRLoneStar.com and check out the Contact Us page. We want to say thank you to our studio supporters, our traffic sponsor, Conroe Americana Music Festival at ConroeAmericanaMusicFestival.com. For more information about the show, please check out the information below in the description.